Hi, welcome to Interviews. Today, I am with Rachel Dotson, the Founder and Managing Director of Penlen in Cambodia. Hello, Rachel. Hi. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So, um, tell me a little bit about uh, your shop, Penlen. How was the concept created? So, I started Penlen in 2013, um, and it grew out of a a desire to create a sustainable business and a social enterprise to help young women in Cambodia. Mm -hmm. So that was the initial concept. And okay. Yeah. And so why jewelry? Um, so my background is in fashion business. Okay. Um, so that was always my background and my experience. So I wanted to take my experience in that kind of world and create a, a more ethical business from that. Okay, great. And this is the first time you're an entrepreneur? No. I'm oh, an well, tell me for a while. Tell me about that. <laughs> Um, so entrepreneurship kind of happened on me. Okay. Um, in my last semester of college, I started an internship at a modeling agency. Okay. Um, and then quickly became, they hired me on as an, as an agent. And then, um, and it was a modeling agency in Nashville, Tennessee. It was actually the agency that started the careers of Reese Witherspoon and Ashley Judd. So it was a pretty great agency. Uh -huh. um, and a few months into my, um, to actually working there, uh, the owner at the time, she met with me and she said that, that she was actually moving to Los Angeles. Uh -huh. And so she was looking to kind of get out of the business. And um, she said, you know, even though I was young, she saw a lot of passion and drive in me. And she saw I had a natural like knack for the business. Uh -huh. So she wanted me to take over the business. Okay. So I was 20, going on 21, just finishing university. And I was young and naive, but also really <laughs> passionate and yeah. driven and wanted to get my career going. So I took out my first small business loan and yeah. took over this agency. Oh, wow. Does it just happen like that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. So you were young and naive, like you said. Mm. But uh, what, did you, what did you learn from that experience, from that first experience at that, at that time? Um, a lot. Yeah? I mean, Tell me about it was it. pretty much, I had to learn everything. Mm -hmm. um, really young and so I had to learn how to manage books, how to manage people. Um, you know, it was a talent agency, so I was managing talent. Um, so it was just everything all at once. You know, I was finishing my last semester of college, so I would mm -hmm. wake up at like six in the morning, go to school until nine, come back, run the business from nine till nine, 10 at night. Um, so it was just a game of hustling to try and get this business the way that I wanted it to be. Um, mm -hmm. So it was everything, I had to learn everything. <laughs> Wow. Okay. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, and so what brought you, what brought you then to, uh, to Cambodia? So, um, my background is in the agency world. Yeah. Um, so from Nashville, I then became an agent in New York. Mm -hmm. So before coming here, I was in New York. Um, and in New York, I started to kind of see a lot of the more negative side of the fashion industry. Um, so kind of really recognizing, um, unethical fashion, a lot of the social justice issues, and then from that, learning more about social justice issues mm -hmm. and how I was kind of playing a part in that. Mm -hmm. um, so really wanting to do my part to, to break that down and do something positive. So mm -hmm. that's why I came here and started Penland. Okay. And did you, do you see, um, I want to talk about um, being an entrepreneur here in Cambodia. Do you see any difference between being an entrepreneur here in Cambodia and being an entrepreneur back in the U.S.? I think, you know, the, the foundation of managing people and um, running a business that's always going to be the same, um, but it's a whole different world when you're working with the government and there's a, uh -huh. whole, a whole different set of rules and regulations that you have to kind of um, manage and, and hoops you have to jump through here. So yeah. that was all new to me and trying to figure that out. So I think that that's all new and you have to figure that out. But 
a lot of it is the same. Okay. So tell me more a little bit more. You, you mentioned managing people several several times. Mm. So tell me more about managing managing people. Like the differences between managing people, you know, here in Cambodia, and back again in a, in a, in the US. Yeah, I think when I first came, you know, I had this idea of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to create. Yeah. Um, and I would say the first year was all just kind of breaking down my ideals and concept of what I wanted to create, mm -hmm. and just kind of starting over. And so really learning the culture. Um, what the people wanted or, or the staff that I was working with and really just trying to listen to, to them. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of a big learning curve. And oh, maybe what I want isn't as important as what they need. Um, Interesting. So kind of creating yeah. a whole new program and whole new business around um, you know, the actual needs of the people that I was here to, to work with. Yeah, and how, how, did you, how did you do that? How did you try to understand the needs? So first and foremost, it was learning Khmer. So okay. if I wanted to have real relationships, I mm -hmm. had to learn, learn the language mm -hmm. um, because I knew there was always going to be, you know, a barrier or I couldn't get actually a real understanding of the needs if I didn't, if I wasn't going to be able to communicate personally. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the first thing. And then after I kind of overcame that and felt like I could actually communicate, then I could really relate and figure out on a deeper level what the needs were. Okay. Yeah. And again, how, how did you do, how did you do that? So just straight up asking questions. So meeting our staff and saying, you know, like, uh, what's, what are your needs every month? You know, what kind of budget are you working with? Um, so then figuring out if we're meeting those needs, are we giving a livable wage? You know, not mm -hmm. just um, minimum wage, but a fair wage. Mm -hmm. So then working from that and then, um, you know, just kind of looking at our program and not just meeting uh, good, giving them good jobs, but actually like opportunities for education and skill training and, and things that are going to make their lives more sustainable whether they're working with us or whether they move on from our company. Mm -hmm. So for you, so for you, what was important is I can I, I'm trying to to listen to you. You know, behind behind the lines, what what's yeah. what's what's important is that you really want to have an impact, make make a change. Absolutely, right? yeah, that's number one. Because we're working. You know, when I first came to Cambodia, the statistic that stood out to me was. 70% of women in Cambodia are in vulnerable employment. Uh -huh. So that's yeah. staggering, 70%. So yeah. for me, I was like, how can that be possible, 70% of women? Um, so really the goal for me was to change that. So uh -huh. even if we can give a small percentage of women dignified empl uh, employment and kind of help raise the standard of what uh, dignified employment looks like here and safe employment and get them out of vulnerable employment, you know, we're doing our small part to kind of change that. Well, this is a very uh, noble, noble cause. Thank you. <laughs> um, what are what are the kind of uh, challenges that you that you face as you know being the head of a of a business? I um, guess it's not easy every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of see it as two parts: maybe the program side um, and the business side. So for the program side to work, the business always needs to be growing. Mm -hmm. So the challenge is always to find new partners, to increase sales, um, and that's that's always going to be challenging. Mm -hmm. um, so that for me is, is the challenge and, and to kind of manage priorities and make sure we're, we're going after things that are actually going to increase sales and increase, um, you know, traffic to our website and, and things that actually matter. Mm -hmm. um, because the more we're doing that, the more women we can employ and actually make a difference mm -hmm. to the actual mission of the business. Okay. How many, how many women do you employ right now? So there's eight of us total. Okay. How many do you want to have? Mm, I mean, however many we can have. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what, what's your big dream for your, for your, for your business? Um, man, the big dream would be, so I guess ultimately, if I could break it down, 
um, since we started, you know, when, uh, to make an analogy. So when we've started, if we would go out here in Phnom Penh, if I saw anybody wearing our jewelry, it would be like the biggest thing ever. You know, we would come back and tell the staff and it would be uh, so amazing, you know. Uh, um, but now it's hard to go anywhere in the city and not see anybody wearing our jewelry. So we've yes, kind of made an impact in the city. Um, and that's the coolest thing to see. Mm -hmm. So now it's trying to duplicate that globally. So, to, okay. you know, what we've done in this city and the kind of sales we've been able to, to have in this city to duplicate that, um, be able to like set trends globally and have sales globally like that. Um, because I think once we've reached that level, then, you know, the impact we're making and the type of employment would be astronomical. Wow, that's, that's, that's a fantastic dream. I hope you yeah, will yeah. reach that dream that's one day. That's a big day. dream. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big one. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, come back a little bit about, about uh, management. I think, I think management is really, really an important aspect. Yeah. Uh, I don't think, you know, when you become an entrepreneur, uh, I speak from experience with my, my clients, they're all entrepreneurs like, like you. They do not necessarily realize when they start because they're so passionate about what they, what they do. Sure. They do not necessarily realize when they start, you know, the importance of being a manager. Mm. What, does, what does it mean for you to be, to be a manager? What is, what is a, a great manager? Mm. Um, you know, I think a great manager is synonymous with being a great leader. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, I take that really seriously in terms of leading our staff and being a great example to them. So I think leading by example, leading by example, I'm never going to ask my staff to do something that I wouldn't personally do. Mm -hmm. So whether that's jewelry they're going to make or um, cleaning the bathroom or something, they're always going to if I'm going to ask them to do it, they've also seen me do that exact mm -hmm. thing. So leading mm -hmm. by example, um, I think that also means having integrity and, sh and so that's also in terms of leading by example having integrity in everything we do. So from selling to marketing to just day-to-day -day work that we're doing, do it with integrity. Mm -hmm. um, I think a good manager also has to be decisive and be a straight shooter. So, um, you know, when our staff does great, we want to be quick to recognize them and give them praise. But also if something, if there's a problem, also be quick to, to point it out and to solve that issue right then and there. So. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot that goes into management. I think it's a really important and you have to be really intentional with the way that you manage. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, it's, 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 all, it's all very important what, what, what you say, and I, and I, and I to totally, totally agree. How, how much time do you spend also on strategy? Because I think one of, mm -hmm. one of the other aspects of being a manager is also to think about strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this yeah. big dream yeah, of yeah. yours. And you have to go there one day. And if you want to go there one day, you have to have a path. You, know, you, you need to understand how you're going to go there. Mm. What's, what, what, what percentage of your time do you spend on strategy? Mm, I think uh, definitely at the end of every year, or at the beginning of, the, of every year, I should say, we set goals. Mm -hmm. um, so you have your annual goals of how much, you know, for sales, how much do you want to grow? Um, for skills, how mu what kind of skills do you need the, or do you want staff to, to be learning and growing? Um, in terms of marketing, you know, like, you know, obviously social media, how much do you want to grow that? Yeah. Um, so we have, you know, measurements for how much we want to be growing, how much we want to be mm -hmm. um, improving each year. Um, and then obviously like taking time every month or every quarter to kind of measure those. Okay, how are we doing? Are we kind of meeting these goals? Um, and then also with the staff, you know, we want them to be really goal oriented because I think that mm -hmm. trickles down into their lives, their personal lives as well. So giving them daily goals, weekly goals. 
Um, so we set their production goals, but then also giving them goal, like having them set their own goals for new skills they want to they want to reach or or anything that personally that they want to improve on that we can help with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that kind of goes into the whole strategy of the business. Okay, yeah, you you're very oriented, uh, people oriented. You talk a lot mm. a lot about your uh, your staff and the, and how you you know you focus on 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 people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, would you be able to do it without these people? No, of course not. Mm. <laughs> they're everything. They're everything. Yeah. What does it mean, they're everything? Um, I mean, Penland wouldn't exist without our staff. Yeah. They're the whole reason we can do what we do. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, if it was just me, there would be no Penland. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, 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 very, that's very interesting what you're saying because a lot of the time we think that we can do, we can yeah. do everything, you know, as the manager. And I think managers need to realize that they do not need to do everything sure they need to learn to do some of the stuff of course but they have they need to rely on people to be, to build their business mm -hmm. their business uh, because yeah without without people you have you have no no business that's a great point too because i think as a manager especially when you found a business it's so important to you yeah. so you're scared to kind of give a piece of it away or delegate um, yeah. But then also, you know, your staff is so important. So you have to kind of delegate and you have you have to kind of raise them up too and empower them. And you want them to feel like they have ownership and they have pride in mm -hmm. the business too. Mm -hmm. Because then that's gonna have, you know, you're gonna have staff retention, you're gonna mm -hmm. have more joyful staff mm -hmm. and staff mm -hmm. morale. And mm -hmm. So it all, it's all connected. Yeah, I totally agree. How much how do you recruit people? How do you make sure that you know you're recruiting the right people? Um, so in terms of getting the right people for us, because we train staff, so it's not all about if they're already skilled or if they have experience in jewelry making, because most people here are not going to have mm -hmm. the right skill or ha have already been trained. Um, for us, it's more about um, if they have the right passion or the right heart or the right um, personality. So um, now we actually have two of our staff members. We've kind of trained them up to do the first round of uh, interviews. Mm -hmm because they're the ones that are mostly going to be working with them every day. So we want them to um, fit with the teams. Mm -hmm. So they do the first round. Okay. Um, and then myself and my uh, partner, we do the, the second round of interviews. So. Uh, so, so your staff is completely involved in the recruitment oh, yeah, process. For wow. Sure. Wow, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and thinking again about, your, about your, your, your business, what is this that you are the most proud of today? So. Uh, is that your people? Definitely, like seeing our staff um, take pride in what they do, and you know, if you ask them about their job, they say it, it takes heart to do what they do. Mm -hmm. You can't just come in and do this work. It's not something you could just take somebody off the street and do it. Each mm -hmm. of them says like, "Oh, they're putting heart into their work," and that's awesome. Um, but seeing them be self-sufficient and and live their lives, and they're you know more capable and more filled with joy because of you know, the opportunities that they've had working at Penland. Um, so absolutely, like our staff. Mm -hmm. And then also just as an entrepreneur, having a business that's profitable and, you know, growing year, year over year. Um, so that's mm -hmm. a huge pride for me. Great. And what are you, uh, you know, what do you need to learn to, to, to get to the next step, do you think? I think I'm constantly learning. Mm -hmm. I think as a business owner, we have to be, especially now, um, constantly evolving and, and growing. Um, 
So I think there's a lot to learn because the market's always changing. So mm -hmm. um, like sales strategies and social media strategies. So there's a lot to, to continue to learn. Mm -hmm. How much, how much, how much uh, do you do in marketing? How much time do you spend yourself? With the, with a the lot marketing. in social media. A lot in social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of time doing that. Okay, and that's that, and that's in social media is primarily your your main uh, marketing uh, channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What sort what sort of what sort of uh, marketing have you seen that is working on on social media? Locally, social yes. media is uh, works quite well for us. Mm -hmm. So when we do post here, um, talking about our our physical location, we see pretty good results in terms of. You know, definitely I see a, a pretty great return. If I'm posting more, we see more people coming into the shop. Yeah. Um, it's been a little bit trickier. It's been definitely a challenge for me to see um, how to get more visitors to the website and through social media. Um, so that's something that I'm still trying to learn about and see how we can get that correlation and, and really mm -hmm. boost that. And you see any difference with uh, using social media overseas? Because I know I know you are selling, you're selling overseas. Mm. Absolutely, and so that's tricky yeah. um, here. So say you, you, know, you can boost a post on Facebook. If we have an event, I can boost a post on Facebook or Instagram and see immediate, re immediate results. Um, whereas overseas, we sell in so many different countries, it's hard to narrow down where to focus. Um, you know, if you want to focus in a city, in a country, so it's, it's such a wide audience yes. that that's something that's really tricky for me to, to figure out. And you, have you used external help before? External help, yes, like a agency or something. Like an agency or like consultants to uh, to help you. No, we um, we did a case study with a PR agency mm -hmm. in the U.S. Um, I think it was for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. um, they contacted us and wanted to do a case study, so we did that, and we got some great like magazine exposure in mm -hmm. the U.S. Um, so that was that was a great run. That was the only like testing we ever did with a PR agency, mm -hmm. um, but. I think it, as an entrepreneur, it's hard for me with a small business, it's hard for me to put any significant amount of money into something like a PR agency. Okay, so is, that, is, is money the, uh, the, only, the only constraint to, uh, to, to uh, high external help? Sure, I think if they were able to say like, if you put X amount of money, you're guaranteed this amount of returns, but mm -hmm. with marketing, there's no guarantees, so it's hard mm. to say that. Um, so that's definitely, you know, I might be willing to invest in it if somebody could give you a guarantee on the return on investment, but mm. there's no guarantees. So even though we had some great uh, PR, you know, I think it's hard to say specifically we got these purchases or these yeah. partnerships out of those. Yeah, but it's it's interesting what you say because you've been taking risks since you were 20, 21. Mm. And right now you are, you're you're saying, well, uh, there's no guarantee, so I don't really want to take a, to take to take a risk. That's a good point. <laughs> Any thought about it? That's a good point. Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, what, knowing that everything that you know today, what would you do differently? So that's something I've given a lot of thought to. Yeah. And as cliche as it seems, or as it sounds. Everything, every mistake or every hiccup like led to us being here and everything that we know. So I don't know if there's anything that you could change because, mm -hmm. you know, it got us here mm -hmm. and here is great so far. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to say to change anything. All right. Well, let me ask you then, what was your biggest mistake? I think actually the biggest mistake was not opening a shop sooner here. Really? Yeah. For two years, we just worked out of an office and didn't open a shop. And I think we missed out on a lot of, like, you know, 
that was two years that we weren't branding ourselves here, that we weren't being exposed. Mm -hmm. um, even though it took us a little while to really get our aesthetic and, um, you know, pieces that we were in love with. But I think that was, we waited a little bit too long. That was time wasted. Mm -hmm. And what was the trigger? Of opening a yeah. shop? I think we finally felt, we finally felt like we were in a place where we were ready. So I think in my first business, you know, I was not as, uh, I was a little bit more risk-taking with money. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in this business, um, I really wanted to have it grow organically and I didn't want to take as many risks. I wanted to be really solid. Mm -hmm. I think the difference was in this business, um, you know, I had more employees and I, these employees, it was, you know, if, if they lost this job, that's everything. So I think that was the thing. I wanted to be really stable before jumping out and opening a shop and kind of investing in that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But seeing now how it turned out, <laughs> it's easy to say like, oh, we should have done it sooner. Yeah, or maybe this was, it was the right strategy. Sure. Because now you're successful because of the decision. Right. So one last question for you. Here, what advice would you give to, you know, entrepreneurs like you or wannabe entrepreneurs, mm. people who are watching us today? So what I always say is try and find a unique idea. Mm -hmm. So something that nobody else is doing or something that, so mm -hmm. try and find something that's unique mm -hmm. and be the best at it. Um, or if you're going to do something that anybody else is doing, be the absolute best at it. And another thing is, especially for a social business, like once you start, write down your mission, write down why you're starting this business and what it means to you. Because there's going to be a day where you're stressed and you've like lost all concept of why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need that reminder of why you started it and why you were passionate in the beginning. Um, and that'll kind of get you through that hard time. Oh, I could not agree more with you. Start yeah. with your why. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much, Rachel, thank for you your time. So much. And thank you very much for watching. See you next time. Bye.